Welcome to Divine Truth by Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is about genuine love. We hear a lot about love today. Most people don't know what love is all about. In this lesson, we are going to <coughs> excuse me, consider the foundation of genuine love. If you are going to have a true, genuine love, you must know what it is and where, from where it originates. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 22, verse 35. Matthew, chapter 22, verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. He said we are to love God supremely with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. We are told two things in Colossians chapter 1. First, Jesus, who is God, is to have the preeminent place in all things and should be first place in everything. And secondly, we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. When Jesus spoke these words, there was no New Testament. All the scriptures available was the Old Testament, which were Genesis through Malachi. According to Jesus, if a person fulfills those two commandments, he has, in essence, fulfilled everything written in the uh, Old Testament. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. After all, Romans 13 points out, If I love my neighbor... I am not going to steal from him, lie to him, commit adultery against him, or murder him. If I love God, I am not going to go against him and live a life he would want me to live. So, on those two things hang all the law and the prophets. That is the foundation of genuine love. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Acts chapter 24, verse 15. Acts chapter 24, verse 15. And have hope toward God, which, is, which they themselves allow, that there shall be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. Paul says, my desire is to void of offense toward God and man. If I am offensive to someone, it is because I don't love him. If I am offensive to God, it is because I don't love God. So, if I am an offense, I create a shield so anyone that I uh, might have can't get through to anybody. Paul says, I exercise myself to be void of offense both toward God and toward man. Your conscience can be void of any offense only by keeping the two commandments. Jesus said in Matthew, The only way 
To be void of offense toward God is to love God supremely. The only way I can void of offense toward others is to love others as I should, which will prevent me from doing things that are an offense to them. If I love God the way I should, and I love people the way I should, then I have a conscience void of of offense toward God and man. That doesn't mean they might not get mad at me because of standing for truth or witnessing for the Lord and things like that. People are going to get mad at you about that behavior. Jesus said the world would hate you, but you will not be an offense to people if you love people. Look, genuine love can be seen. People see it. They can tell whether we hate them, love them, or are indifferent to them. Now, how do you know if you will be void of offense if you keep those commandments? First of all, you can't experience or express genuine love unless you are saved. If you haven't experienced the love of God toward you, you can never love God nor can you love people like you should. The book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 12. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. If I love my neighbor like I should, then his sins against me won't cause bitterness in my heart toward him. Love covers those things. 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Every husband and wife ought to memorize that verse. Love covers the multitude of sins. We criticize our spouse when he or she acts in a manner we don't like. It is because we don't have the right love. Charity is love in action. That is love that doing for people. Notice it didn't say a multitude, but the multitude of sins. If you have charity, love that does things toward people, that love covers the multitude of sins. Therefore, you are not an offense to them, even though they otherwise would be an offense to you. That overlooks that love overlooks it. What we need to do is overlook the small faults and not make a mountain out of a molehill. We need to learn to overlook those things and accept people as they are. We need to accept a person as they are and love them. If they need changing for the better, accept them as they are and then love them toward that change. Like we mentioned earlier uh, the other day, if someone come into the house of God and was not dressed appropriately, Before we jump down their throat and embarrass them in front of a crowd, the more concerned about their we need to be more concerned about their salvation first, and then it is up to the church to train them in the ways of the Lord. After salvation, it is the responsibility of fellow church members to train them to dress and act like people that belong to the Lord. We cannot copycat the world because God is not of this world. And we are to be representatives and ambassadors of Jesus Christ. 
That is an underlying factor that has to be true before you can love God supremely and before you can love your neighbor as yourself. We have problems with putting God first and giving him preeminence in our life. If a man says, I love God, but he hates his brother, according to the word of God, he is a liar. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. The Bible says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For, they, for he that loveth... Uh, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? There is no way he can possibly love God. There are the people playing the game of Christianity, demonstrating how much they love the Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. And they can't stand people who cross their grain, or people who don't agree with them. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12. The Bible says, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Did you get that? God loves others through us because he is dwelling in us and his love is perfected in us. This can only happen if you love God in the first place. God can't change, uh, God can't channel his love through us to someone else until we open the door for that love by loving him the way we should. Now, what I'm about to share with you, I am not judging, but according to the Bible, there is such a thing as righteous judgment. But what I want to share with you is what I've seen with these eyes. This goes hand in hand with lusting. We all know that there are nice people to associate with and people you like to hang around. But here is the problem with much of the world. You have heard the old saying, beauty is only skin deep. How true, how true. Much of the world has never learned how to humble themselves. They know nothing of the word humble. They're eat up with pride, and pride cometh before a fall. I have seen it happen, and you have too. People so full of pride that sometimes it takes a great fall to open their eyes, and some never learn. Every time I come up short, I fall flat on my face. Some people say they hit rock bottom. I've had to look up at the bottom a few times. God is able to get your attention and sometimes it is not very pleasant. He can help you learn through your shortcomings if you will allow him to. But do not do this. Do not blame God for your shortcomings. I am not supporting the devil by any means, but I have heard people at times want to blame God every time, uh, it want to blame everything on the devil when times, uh, when times we ourselves are at fault. But our human nature has a desire to point a finger at someone or something that caused the problem. Sometimes God will lift his hand of safety off of your life temporarily to teach you a valuable lesson. We have to have enough common sense to recognize it. As you all know, 
uh, I at one time was told I had a mini stroke at church, at church service. Uh, but I recovered quickly, and I was—I believe it was because of our uh, prayer warriors at church. But I want you to know that if God decides it's my appointed time, I have no doubt where I will be. I, it will be the greatest promotion I could ever receive. Every time I have a stroke, once I can think clearly again, I'm reminded of the old prophet Job. God was talking to Satan and said, Have you considered my servant Job? God was proud of Job and knew his heart. That is why he was not afraid to temporarily lift his hand of safety and allow Satan to afflict him. Job lost his family, his wealth, and his health. But Job stood in the gap and never faltered one bit on the Lord. God was proving to Satan what kind of servant he had. He had one that Satan could never touch, and God knew that. An average man would have folded, but not Job. He was true to the end of his suffering and blessed at the end of his suffering. We need more Jobs in the world. You know, there are a lot of imperfect Christians, aren't there? If we love the brethren like we should, God's love is perfected in us. Look with me at the book of John, chapter 13, verse 35. John, chapter 13, verse 35. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Everybody will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. They are summed up in one sentence. He who loves God, love his brother also. Love God supremely and love our neighbor as ourselves. The one who loves God must love his neighbor. Then the man is no longer a liar when he says he loves God. Spiritual immaturity is another problem that we have loving God. We have a problem being honest with God. Don't you have a problem being honest with God? Do you really, do you really get on your knees and tell, tell it like it is every time? No, we don't. Look with me, if you would, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19. The book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. God said you take care of your enemy. If he has a need, meet the need. Pray for him. Bless him. Do good toward him. Feed him and give him drink if he needs it. If he keeps treating you bad, God says, I will step on him. I will put coals of fire on his head. Hell will be hotter for him because of the way he is mistreating one of my children. How can you love your enemy? Invest in them. Do things for them. Help them out. Why? Because where my treasure is, there is my heart. If I'm expending things for somebody, be it time, money, or effort, my heart is going to be there.
If I invest myself in a person that I can't stand, then something is going to change in my own heart. My heart will be where my treasure is. I will start getting my heart together like it should be, and I will start loving that person the way I should. Look, you can't be against someone you are helping. If there is no investment, there is no caring. If there is an investment made, there will be caring. Another problem we have in loving God is if you hate the image, then you cannot love the reality. We are created in the image of God. If I hate the image, I couldn't possibly love the reality. You look at yourself in the mirror every morning, and if you hate that image, then you can't love the reality. There is no way I could love God if I hate those created in his image, which is written in the book of Genesis. We also have a problem loving God when we fail to see that our neighbor includes strangers. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? A total stranger helped that man, Jesus said. That was his neighbor. Our neighbors not only include people we know, not just our brothers in Christ, but also strangers and enemies. I cannot love God unless I love my enemies. Now that's a hard pill to swallow, but that is what the Bible says. If you would, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. The book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. The Bible says, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Only a dedicated Christian to whom loving God is dominant in his heart, could do that. He said, pray for them and bless them. He said, do good to them while they curse you, persecute you, and despitefully use you. Now, how many do that? That takes a lot of discipline, don't it? So, the solution in loving my enemy is to pray for them, to bless them, and to do good to them. If you want to get your attitude changed about somebody, do something for him and spend time in prayer concerning him. It is hard to hate somebody from whom you are praying. It is hard to hate somebody when you are saying, Lord, bless them. Help them to get saved. Help them to get their heart right. Sometimes it is not the other person whose heart is wrong. It is really us. Sometimes we are the real enemy of Christian love. Jesus said if we do these things, it will change our attitude toward people. What will God do if we do pray for our enemies? If you pray for people that despitefully use you and bless them, God is going to reward you. How do you know that? Because of the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 46. The book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 46. The Bible says, for if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? The implication is, if you love those who don't love you, then you have a reward. What else is he going to do to those who despitefully use you if you are loving them and doing good for them? God is going to punish them. Look at the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 17. Romans chapter 12 verse 17. 
recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much life in you, live peaceably with all men. People are committed to what they give themselves to, such as time, money, or talents. That is what they will commit to. Loving our neighbor is why so many Christians are not committed to church. Today, our problem as Christians is loving God, and that stems from how we love our neighbor. I want to ask you a question. Do you have a desire to know that you can have an opportunity to spend an eternity in heaven? You can do that today. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? If you're 99% sure, you're not going to make it. According to 1 John 5.13, God wants you to know that you have eternal life. Admit you are a sinner, and then repent of your sins. There is no need repenting unless you plan on forsaking. In other words, give up your sin. Does that mean you will be a perfect from then on? Absolutely not. Not as long as we are in these natural bodies. But God loved us while we were yet sinners. Say this sinner's prayer. Lord, I know I am a sinner and I repent of my sins. I am sorry for the sins, for the things that I have, times I have let you down. Uh, I am asking you to come into my life and from this day forward I wish to live for you and be what you'd have me to be. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, did you pray that prayer? If you did, you are saved, what the Bible calls being born again. God promised that you would be, and he, he never lies. He, 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 he answered prayers. So that's what it takes to spend an eternity in heaven. I hope you enjoyed this, and God bless Dr. Buddy, signing off.